Please stand as we read God's Word. In James chapter 4, verse 13 through 17. James chapter 4, verse 13 through 17. James says, Come now, you who say, Today or tomorrow we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. So whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is sin. It's the word of God. Join me in prayer. God, you are good. You are in the heavens and you do what you please. God, we confess to you that we are not good. We confess to you that we need you. We confess to you that we don't love you with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And we do not love our neighbor as ourselves. God, we boast in our arrogance about what we will do today or tomorrow. But God, I pray that you would change that. God, I pray that we will live for Christ alone. Because in him our hope is found. He is our rock. He is our strength. And I pray that you will let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord. Use me as your vessel as we look into your word. And I pray all this in Jesus' name. God's people said, Amen. Amen. Be seated. Be seated. Who would have known that in July of 2008 will begin what we know as the Garden Church, where a group of people of five would meet to have a Bible study that had a heart to serve this city by painting schools and hosting block parties? Who had the foreknowledge? to see that that church would covenant together of a group of 36. Where the gospel has been faithfully preached since 2012. Who had the foreknowledge to call Pastor Joel to shepherd this flock faithfully? Who was it that provided this place for us to gather and to worship and to sing in Christ alone, our hope is found. Where we can serve each other, where we can be committed to one another's spiritual growth. Has it not been the faithful provision of our Father in heaven? And have you been a part of it? 
Have you been a part of what God has been doing faithfully here in the city of Baltimore? You see, what the book of James will be teaching us today is that we can plan out our days. We can plan out our years. But it's God who establishes our steps. See, God is going to be showing us how we can live in wisdom today. when We're making plans about our future. Making plans is not evil, brothers and sisters. But when we arrogantly boast that we're in control of our lives, when we use our words to communicate that we are in charge, that is what is evil, brothers and sisters. Children, how often do you guys get asked the question of what do you want to be when you grow up? Let me let you in on a secret. God knows. See, raise your hand if you became what you wanted to be when you were a little kid. You see, that is the very proof (laughs) that we are not in control of our lives. Today's sermon is titled, What is Your Life? Who are you to boast about your plans about today or tomorrow? You are nothing but a mist. You are here today and can be possibly gone by tomorrow. You see, what James is teaching us is that we need to trust in the sovereignty of God and his sovereign will for our lives. If you're a note taker, we will discuss this in three points. How we can have wisdom for our future. Point number one, it is evil to boast about our lives as if we are in control. You see, we all plan for our future, don't we? We all plan like we are in control of our lives. Take a look at verse 13. James says, come now you who say today or tomorrow we will go into such and such a town, spend a year there and trade and make a profit. See, who does James have in mind? He has these businessmen in mind, these, these traders in mind. James have all of us in mind, brothers and sisters. All who like to make plans about their future. See, 10 years ago, did you plan to be where you are today? Did you go everywhere you decided to go last year? Did last week go according to your schedule? Some of you guys are like, gee, I didn't even plan to be here this morning. (laughs) But here you are. Praise God. See, I want to be clear up front that there is not a problem about making plans about our future. But if we start using our words so confidently, James would call this type of speech evil. My young adult brothers and sisters, Are you planning what school are you going to attend, what college you're going to go to, what career you're going to achieve? Are you making decisions about what you're going to study? Will you stay in this city or will you leave this city? If you're single here, are you constantly wrestling with who you're going to marry? When is God going to give you a spouse? How many children are you going to have? Where are you going to raise your family? You see, who does James have in mind? He has all of us. 
See, parents, are you, are you planning your children's exodus out of your home? As, as soon as they move out, then I can sell this house. I can move down south to the beach to collect seashells. Is that what life's about? My senior saints, are you constantly worrying about what will happen to you when you die? Did I live my life the way I wanted to? Is my family going to be okay? Did I get everything off my bucket list? You see, if we're honest, we're all worried about tomorrow, aren't we? You see, parents worry about, is their children going to come to faith? Will their children leave the faith? We worry about if we have enough money in our pockets. We want to make sure that everyone's happy and safe and secure. So what do we do? We plan. And not only do we plan, we have so, so much confidence that what we have planned will come to pass. See, every single one of us is strategizing our own success and safety. We are planning our perfect lives. We are mapping out the different goals that we will have for today or for tomorrow or for this week. You see, we buy stuff that makes us happy and safe and secure, to make us comfortable. You see, our default view is that once we have planned something, it will just happen. Right, brothers and sisters, James is making it very clear to us that such thinking, such talking is arrogance. James is giving us all a newsflash, a reality check. You are not in control of your lives. You are not self-sufficient. Our lives are way out of our control, and they are not about us. They are about the one we just sung about, Christ alone. You see, early on in James chapter 4, James already told us that we, we don't have because we do not ask. You don't receive because you, you ask in order to spend it on your own passions and your own desires. You see, brothers and sisters, prayer is how we confess to God that we are not in control of our lives. And we acknowledge the fact that we lack the wisdom to know the future. Our future plans are not certain. You see, when it comes to tomorrow, we are left in the dark. We don't know what our lives will contain or look like. James is painting a beautiful picture for us. Look at verse 14. He says, yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. We are a mist, brothers and sisters. We are here today and may no longer be here tomorrow. Our lives are vanity. Our life is our breath when it's cold outside. Our lives are when we start the car and the exhaust comes out the end of it and you see it and then you don't. James is teaching us that our plans are fleeting. Our time is fleeting. Our money is a vapor. Our work, our earthly joys, our pleasures will all come to an end. You see, 
if this pandemic has told us anything, it has told us that we are not in control. How many of us have made plans in the last two years that didn't go, didn't come to be? They either were called, they either were canceled or delayed. Let me ask you this. How are you facing the reality of your own death? What are you planning for that you think you're going to, that's going to give your life meaning or significance? What are you placing your confidence in that you think is going to last forever? Brothers and sisters, we just sung, in Christ alone our hope is found. There is nothing on this earth that can satisfy us. Take a glance at verse 16. James says, as it is, you boast in your arrogance, and all such boasting is evil. James tells us that boasting about our future lacks humility. This is not wisdom from God. This is earthly you see, this sort of boasting is, is prideful because it promotes ourselves instead of God. Yeah. Brothers and sisters, it's almost like the Tower of Babel all over again. We are just building our own yeah. towers to heaven. We are becoming our own gods, and God wants to destroy our towers. We are putting ourselves on the throne of God. And brothers and sisters, that is not where we belong. When we say we would do this tomorrow, we would do that, we are seeking to control our own destinies. We are not living in a way that communicates that this is not our home. Brothers and sisters, this is not our home. This world is not ours. We're only here for a second. Do your goals in life reflect that reality? Do they? Or are we planning, are we planning like the rich young fool in, in Luke 12? You guys remember in Luke 12 when a guy came up to Jesus and said, Jesus, tell my brother to share the inheritance with me. And Jesus says, who, who you think? I'm not, I'm not the judge or the arbiter. And then he tells him this story that there was a rich man who, who had plenty. And then he decided to himself to build bigger barns to store all of his wealth in. And Jesus looks at him and says, you fool. Don't you know today that your very life can be demanded from you? And then he ends with this. He said, the same would be to us who are, who are not rich to God. Brothers and sisters, are you rich to God this morning? Do you guys see how arrogant it is to hold on to our plans, our time, our relationships, our career, our money with such a tight grip? You see, God in his amazing grace, his mercy that he's rich in has caused us through the gospel of his son, Jesus Christ, to loosen up our grip on this world. On all these things. You see, the reason why they call him the rich fool is because he was worried about all the wrong things. He lost sight of the most important thing, is to be rich to God. Maybe you're here today and you're not a Christian. You don't see anything wrong with storing up treasures on this earth. You see, the God of the Bible wants a relationship with you. He always has. That's why he created us. 
But the Bible also makes it clear that we are dead in our sins. We are separated from God. We are alienated from him. We are hostile in our minds and our thinking. And that is bad news. But the good news is that he came down to be one of us. He lived a perfect life, something that we can never do for ourselves. And he died the death that we deserve in our place as our substitute so we can have a relationship with God, so we can be with him forever. Will you do that today? Will you turn away from your sin and put your trust and faith in Jesus Christ? See, this, is, this relationship that I'm talking about is not centered on wealth and health. It is centered on the very love of God for you. Will you receive Christ through faith today? He is our boast. Our boast is in Christ. Take again at, at verse 16. James says, as it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. Notice there, all such boasting. Well, James is saying that there's a bad type of boasting and there's a good type of boasting. You see, the gospel eliminates all boasting other than the cross of Jesus Christ. Christian, we, are, we, we get to go to heaven. Let that sink in. And it had nothing to do with what you did. Our only boast is in the cross of Jesus Christ. When we get to heaven, we're not going to boast about our bank accounts. We're not going to boast about how good we were. We're not going to boast about how many old ladies we walked across the streets. We're not going to boast about how we ran into the burning building and saved the family. Our boast is going to be in Jesus Christ and him alone. See, Galatians chapter 6 verse 14 says this. It says, far be it from me to boast except in the cross of Jesus Christ. See, the cross will be the only reason we are in heaven, brothers and sisters. And it's because the sinless Savior died in our place. By grace you have been saved. And this is a gift of God so that we may not boast. Instead of boasting about our plans, let us boast in our Savior Jesus Christ and his finished work on the cross. This is the will of God. And this is your life, Christian. This is your story. This is your song. Praising your Savior all the day long. Point number two, God is sovereignly in control of our lives. Take a look at verse 15. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. God is in control of our lives, church. You believe that? Instead of having confidence in ourselves, we should place our confidence in God. James says, we ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. You see, there's only one place we can turn to if we're looking for certainty. If we're looking for faithfulness. 
We don't live a second longer than what God wills. We don't die a second sooner than what God wills. For my non-Christian friends, that thought can be terrifying. Where will you be when that trumpet sounds? When this earth is finished, listen to me. Listen to me. I plead with you. Turn away from your sin and put your trust in Jesus Christ. He will save you in the very end. He will save you right now. See, for my Christian friends, this is liberating. This is exciting. This is good news. God has you in the palm of his hand. Life is now a beautiful adventure. If he takes care of the birds of the air, how much more will he take care of you? His children, he delights himself in you. He loves you. He is for you. You see, James is not telling us verbally to always say, every time we make plans, if the Lord wills. And he's also not telling us to police others and check others when, and then when someone's telling them, I'm going to go to the carryout next week. He didn't ask, if the Lord wills, brother. Only if the Lord wills. James is not telling us to do that. This is not legalism. You see, James is directing our very hearts to, to, to submit to God Almighty. He is addressing our very attitude when it comes to making plans. He has shown us the way we must live under the conviction that God is at work in every detail of our lives and even in our death. He is in control whether we do this and that. Brothers and sisters, isn't this the way our Savior lived his life? Didn't he say things like, the the only reason I'm able to do this is because my Father who's in heaven. I can do nothing on my own except what the Father allows me to do. You remember in the gardens of Gethsemane when Jesus was crying out, Lord, take this cup away from me, but not as I will, but your will be done. Even to the very hour of Jesus' death on the cross, under the rule of Pontius Pilate. That was not a coincidence, brothers and sisters. That was not a random moment in history. That was God's sovereign plan to save you, to save me. Do you believe that, church? That our future is in his hands? God has a perfect will that you are a part of. If that doesn't excite you, I don't know what does. You see, the question becomes, how do we distinguish our plan between God's plan? How do we distinguish our will between God's will? What is the will of God? You see, I'm convinced, brothers and sisters, that God doesn't want us to go out and freak out about what is the will of God. I think he has made that clear for us in his word. God wants us to know his will. We are meant to know his plan. And then allow God to conform our lives to his plan, to his will. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. Paul is 
right in this letter, in, 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 in the first chapter, he's saying, hey, since you guys now are in Christ, you guys are united with Jesus Christ, you have all of these spiritual blessings. You are blessed in Jesus. And in verse 9 through 10, he makes known to us the very will of God. Read with me. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 8, verse 9 and 10. You see, God has lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose where he set forth in Christ, as a plan for the fullness of time, to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. That is God's will. God's will is to unite all things in Jesus, to bring all things under the the feet of Jesus, to bring all things under the lordship of Jesus. That is God's will. God has set you apart to make much of Jesus Christ. God has brought you from death to life to bring glory to God and not to yourself. That is good news, brothers and sisters. God has made his will known to us. His plans unite all things to his son, Jesus Christ. Things in heaven and things on earth. What Paul is saying here is that God's will is his son, Jesus Christ. It's all about him. It's not about us to figure out what we're going to do today or tomorrow or where we will live, where will we be next year. And how much money we will make, it's about seeing ourselves united to Jesus Christ. He is in you, Christian, and you are inside of him. Meaning everything that is Jesus is yours. Is Jesus loved? Guess what? You are loved. Has Jesus died to sin? You are dead to sin. Is Jesus alive to God? You are alive to God. You are a part of the will of God. Trust him. Trust him. Make your plans with him. Paul calls God's will a mystery. A mystery that has been made known. You see, the mystery is that God is going to use the very details of our lives, the very plans that we make to conform us to the image of Jesus Christ. So that the world may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. You see, brothers and sisters, where you will go today or tomorrow, what town you will live in, who you will marry, how many kids you're going to have, how much money is going to be in your bank account, it's not for us to stress out about. It's for us to be excited about. Because God is going to use the very details of those things to conform you into the image of Jesus Christ. So you can be found in his likeness. Our plan should be, where can I bring Jesus? How can I use my gifts to bring glory to our Lord Almighty? You see, who you are marry is important only because how it will conform you to the image of Jesus. 
Where you will work is only important because how it will be used to sharpen you, to shape you into the image of Jesus. You see, all of the plans that we worry about, like what school we're going to go to or what career we're going to attend, you see, it should all end with Jesus. We're worried about these things. We're worried about where we're going to be when we retire. You see, all those things is meant to point us to the will of God. To become more like Jesus Christ. His will is to use every little nick and cranny, every little detail to unite all things to his son, Jesus Christ. To bring all things underneath his feet, under his rule. All authority in heaven and earth belongs to him. God has made his will known to us, brothers and sisters. It is his son. It is for his glory. It is this church. Will you make your plans? When you make your plans, do you consult God? Do you say, God, what school will allow me to bring you glory? What school can I make disciples of all nations? What job can I love these people as Christ loved the church? Brothers and sisters, our lives are about trusting and carrying out the sovereign will of God. Do you believe this? Is this your prayer that God will be done on earth as it is in heaven? Point number three, the knowledge of God's will leads us to obedience. See, the reality of God's sovereignty shaped not only how we plan, but what we plan. Take a look at verse 17. Notice the so. He says, so whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is sin. See, that so there, it, it means therefore. Therefore, in light of knowing the will of God, will you obey him? You see, God has made his will known to us. James is now saying, then what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do? How do you know the will of God? It has been laid out for us in this book, his word. You see, the Bible tells us that we have been united to Jesus Christ, and we have received everything that we need for life and for godliness. Ephesians 1.3 tells us that, that you have every spiritual blessing yeah. in the heavenly realms. Yeah. By his mercy, we should live according to God's written word. You see, if you're not a Christian, what is stopping you from turning away from your sin and putting your trust and hope in Jesus Christ? If you are a Christian, are you struggling with sin? Do you have a sin problem? Have you told anyone? You see, this word tells us to, to confess our sins to one another. I know I should love my wife, but she gets on my nerves. Is that, is that your hard posture this morning? I know I should train these kids up in the way they should go, but you don't know how they are at home, God. Is that your hard posture? I know I should come back to church, but... It's comfortable here at home. I know I shall become a member of this church, but 
Maybe next year. I know I should blank. You name it, right? You name it. See, what is God calling you to do, but you have ignored or made all types of excuses? See, James is teaching us that there is a sin that we're all guilty of. It's the sin of omission. Failing to do what God has called us to do. You see, in James chapter 1, verse 22, James says this, But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone hears the word and not, and not a doer, he's like a man who looks in the mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he looks like. But the one who looks in the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. Is that you this morning, brothers and sisters? Brothers and sisters, are you just content with just knowledge of God? Are you just content of just coming here and, and getting more head knowledge? Or are you letting that knowledge go down to your heart? So you can say, God, what do you want me to do? How can I take your word and put feet to him? Humble submission to God's will is humble obedience to God's will. We read it earlier, the Great Commission, didn't we? And the Great Commandment. The Great Commission says, Jesus said to his disciples, all authority in heaven and earth have been given to me. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And to know that I am with you always to the end of the age. That's our mission, church. That is why you are in your home. That is why you're in this church. That is why you're in your workplace, to make disciples. See, what God's calling us to do is not easy. It would take everything that you have. It's a life of sacrifice. It's a life of suffering. It's a life that is also filled with mercy and grace. It's a life of being a faithful witness of Jesus Christ. We may know. We may not know what happened to us today or tomorrow. But we can just begin and end with trusting God and doing what he says. The great commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. When we make our plans, when we we plan our futures, Do we say, God, how can I love you more? Where can I go where I can love you and love people? I can serve them. See, Christian, in Christ, we have everything we need for life. You have everything that you need to make it through your vapor of a life. Do you see the need for the gospel in this city? In your workplace? On your block, you see people are here today and they are gone tomorrow. May God use you to take the good news to someone who needs it. You see, our lives are like a mist. So we're going to, are we going to just stay on the sidelines? Or are we going to roll up our sleeves and get into each other's lives? See, we love to say like things like, 
when life calms down, I will do, I'll, invite that, I'll invite that couple over for dinner. When life calms down, I'll, I'll pick up my Bible and read it. Brothers and sisters, is, is Sunday morning the only time you open up this book? How can you know what God wants you to do if you're not hearing from him directly? <laughs> Brothers and sisters, fill out that job application. I know some of you have been sitting on it. Fill that job application out. Ask that girl out. Right? See, God's sovereign will frees us to do what he's calling us to do. He's in control. You see, when our plans don't go through, we know who plan will go through, don't we? See, God's sovereignty allows us to plan confidently. Planning is how we test the will of God. See, Romans 12, 1 and 2 says that by the mercies of God, right, by the very mercies of God, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by it. Test the will of God, he tells us. This is is your spiritual worship. Testing his will. You see, when we make plans, we test God's will. God's good and acceptable will. Because we get to experience it. You see, waking up in the morning, coming to this church this morning, you guys are experiencing the will of God. The Christian life is a wonderful adventure, not because we get to figure out all the details, but we have the God who created the universe right by our side. He is taking each step with us. He walks with us and talks with us. Are you experiencing the will of God this morning? Because we know that we're not in control. We know his will. We know his purpose. And we, guess what? We know where we're headed. Brothers and sisters, we are headed, we are bound for glory. We are bound to a celestial city where we get to see the face of our Savior Jesus Christ. I don't know what you guys are going through this morning. I don't know what trials, what suffering you guys are bearing. But this I know for sure, that God is using it to conform you to the image of his son, Jesus Christ. And he's going to prepare a place for you where there be no more pain, no more sickness, no more sorrow. That is the will of God. You are in it. You can rest assured knowing that when you you plan something, you can rest easy to know that God is in control. Don't let the good that you are empowered to do be left undone. Because your Savior, Jesus Christ, has left nothing undone. It is finished on the cross. Let us bring glory to God as we know the right thing to do and do it. God in church, what is your life? Is it Christ? Is he your hope in life and death? I hope it is. I hope he is. Let's pray.
Father God, thank you so much for sending your son Jesus Christ to live a life that we cannot live for ourselves and to die the death that we deserve on the cross. God, help us to turn away from our own arrogance and help us to put our faith in Jesus Christ, the one who is sure, the one who is our steady anchor. In him we find that there is no condemnation. In him we find no shame, no guilt. In him we find life, everlasting life. God, help us to have fun in our lives, knowing that we are in Christ. God, help us to enjoy planning, because we know our plans will conform us to the image of Jesus. God, help us to turn to you. We don't know what to do. God, help us to take our eyes off ourselves and look to Jesus 10 more times. Jesus, thank you for your word that you would never leave us nor forsake us, that you will keep us from stumbling, and that you are transforming us into the image of Jesus Christ. Jesus, we can't wait to see you. Thank you that we have that hope. Then when we die, we experience resurrection. Then when we suffer, you're using it for good. And that there's nothing on this earth that can separate us from your love. And I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.